Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Uncle Brad, this is the perfect time to share this cocktail, especially with a big weekend we have ahead of us. We are making a fan favorite. I know so many people who love this. Uncle Brad, what are we drinking today? Today is the Bloody Mary. And literally a drink that has, I feel, no rules no, <laughs> other none. than that, vodka and tomato juice and some spices must be present and Worcestershire. And that's, I, I don't even know if for sure if Worcestershire is like mandated, but it seems like that it denotes a Bloody Mary. After that, mm-hmm. all bets are off. Totally. I feel like this is the perfect Super Bowl cocktail to, to drink. Oh, yeah. Like you're prepping for the game, you're you're gonna have people over, or you're watching the like this is a football cocktail. This is just sports. Yeah, well, it's sports, it's brunch, it's hangover, it's... It's everything. Breakfast. It's uh, everyone's <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> yeah, this is this is one that, you know, and, it, and it's funny too, right? Like any cocktail, there are good Bloody Marys and they are, there are bad well, Bloody Marys. True. And yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I take pause before I order a Bloody Mary in a restaurant mm. or a bar because you never know. Like sometimes they just come out and they're like super thick, right? Yeah, and it's a meal. It's a meal and a drink at the same time. For me, it's like, if I order Bloody Mary, I'm not having a very big breakfast or brunch. Right. No, Uncle Brad, I've been to a restaurant before where I think the Bloody Mary's about 50 to $65. And it comes out with a whole rotisserie chicken, and it's a pitcher of Bloody Mary's. What, now, was this in Wisconsin? No, this was, oh. I mean, this was here in San Diego. I, I kind of couldn't believe it. I was so taken back. First off, it just seems like a lot. However, everyone was getting <laughs> them. So it's a thing. Just a touch. Yeah. But you can literally put whatever you want on these. And I have photo evidence to prove it. <laughs> yeah, I was at a bar in northern Minnesota. And same thing. I didn't get a whole chicken, but 
Jeez. Had chicken wings and sausage and cheese. It was like, God, the thing was so good. It was good. I mean, I ate, that was, that was my, that was my brunch. That was my breakfast. So, you know, hey, I got to tell you one other thing that I'm really kind of excited about okay. with this episode. Yeah. Is I can't wait to introduce you and everybody else out there to the snit. And people who are not from Wisconsin hmm. or Minnesota and possibly parts of Michigan are going to be like, well, I totally know what the snit is. But the rest no, of you No, I don't. have no idea. This oh, California girl has no snit. idea what a snit is. Oh, I got your snit. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, Uncle Brad, before we get into what we need to buy and the snit, can I give a special shout out for this episode? Yeah. I have to shout out Ryan Fitz for making the best Bloody Mary I've ever had down in his basement football dungeon, whatever it was. He made Bloody Marys when I was so hungover. And he had a secret ingredient in there that I've never had, which I I'm going to say it, hopefully he doesn't get mad, was pickle juice. It changed my life for, that was the first time I had a blood, because I hated them. And that was the first one I had that brought me back to, oh no, if you make them right, these are pretty darn good. So I have to shout him out. He was my best Bloody Mary, first best Bloody Mary. Oh, well, that's interesting because my recipe happens to... uh... Include pickle juice. Well, that's why so I said it's my first best because I know if I have yours, it's probably going to set me over the top. So, Uncle Brad, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, give it to us straight. What are we going to need to buy? Okay. So, for starters, this is a list. All right. For those of you who are like, oh yeah, I got a lot of stuff to write down. Just it's in the description. Okay. But here we go. If you've got pen and paper, going to go in kind of an odd order here because once we get to the the mix part, you. There's a lot of stuff. I'll also put this in the blog too. So don't, if you forget something, we'll put it on the website. Yes, for sure. Ice. You're going to want a Collins glass. You're going to want a low ball glass for the snit. You know, if you're going to make a bunch of these and I'm going to give you a recipe for four, four drinks. Yeah. You're going to want a glass carafe or two. And by the way, they're 32 ounces, seven bucks at Target. So it's, it's, we're not setting you back. No excuses. (laughs) No excuses. You're going to want a one ounce, two ounce jigger because we're going to use the two ounce side only in this case. You're going to want a shaker tin, 2818 Boston shaker, 10 on 10. That's the one I use and the one Mm -hmm. I like the most. You're going to want a Hawthorne strainer. That's the one with the spring on it. A blender to blend your Bloody Mary mix. And by the way, if you go out and you get your favorite Bloody Mary mix, that's cool too. Mm -hmm. The the ideal ratio is three to one mixed to uh, vodka, just so you know. You're going to want measuring spoons. You're going to want measuring cups. And you're going to want to go get your favorite beer because this is what the snit is. The snit is a small beer that comes with your Bloody Mary. And we'll talk more about that. Go get vodka, of course. And by the way, hey, gin in a Bloody Mary is really good. So Hmm. if you want some, oh yeah, those flavors work really well in here. I bet. And I've also taken my vodka and I've infused it with basil. I've infused Ooh. it with dill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dill would be great. So good. Wow. There's a dill aquavit, which aquavit's a Scandinavian spirit. Mm-hmm. There's a dill aquavit that a distiller makes here locally. That is amazing in a Bloody Mary. Have fun with that stuff. <laughs> Super easy to infuse your own, too. It's way easy. Now, here's the deal. You want to make your own tomato juice? Fine. 
make your own tomato juice. Got the recipe up in the description. Jules, you'll put it up on the blog. It's a lot to cover right here. If you want to still feel like you made your Bloody Mary and didn't just go grab a bottle of mix, hot tip, V8 vegetable juice works Mm -hmm. really well for Bloody Marys. I've even used Clamato, but I don't like a full Clamato. Sometimes I like the half and half, right? But Mm -hmm. let's just go V8 vegetable juice. Or if you're bold, you're going to go make your own tomato juice. If you want to make your own tomato juice, you're going to need three pounds of tomatoes, celery with the leaves, onions, sugar, salt, black pepper, and cholua, cholua hot sauce. That's the C-H-O-L-U-L-A, cholula. 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 Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. Even though I can't pronounce it. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) All right, so. I won't dock your points for it. Yeah. We got the V8 or we got the the tomato juice that we're going to make. So now we're going to move on to stuff that's going to actually go into the Bloody Mary. Mm. You're going to want lemons for fresh lemon juice. You're going to want limes for fresh lime juice. You're going to want prepared horseradish. Mm-hmm. Prepared horseradish. You're going to want Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Worcestershire. Yep. Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire <Yes. laughs> sauce. Yep. That's the one. That's the one. Garlic powder, celery salt, coarse black pepper, and pickles. And get the yes. get the spears, dill pickles, because you're going to use the pickle juice. It's great, people. I can mm. attest. Yeah. I'll never make it without it. Yeah, pickle juice in a martini is also really good. So I instead know. of like olive juice, ooh, yeah. I know. Those pickles will be like, where's all of our juice? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you like pickles. You're going to want vodka. We talked about that. And then celery salts, because we talked about that for in the mix, but you're also going to rim your glass with it. Or if you want, you can use kosher salt mm-hmm. to rim your glass. I have also made bacon salt. And that's just making a Stop crispy piece of bacon. Right now. Oh, yeah. You chop that up. In little pieces, mix it up in the kosher salt. Hello, bacon salt. Brad, you are like the Bloody Mary king. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty impressed. Wow. I know my way around a Bloody Mary. Right? Yeah. Okay. Holy smokes. All right. And then we got to talk about garnishes, right? So if you want to go traditional, you can just do a celery stock. That's where it started. That's where it could end if that's all you wanted to do. No shame in that game. If you wanted to get... A little lively, you could put a pickle spear in there instead of a celery sock. Use up those pickles. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, you got pickles to use. You could also use some citrus. So now we're getting into lime wedges and lemon wedges. And if you want to go start using olives or really anything pickled that's small and smaller than a pickle spear, go get some cocktail picks. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a big garnish, you know, you got to go get those bamboo skewers. And that's when you can start to get nuts. So here's some ideas for you on garnishes. We talked about celery. We talked about pickles. Cooked shrimp. That's great on there. And by the way, like you could make like a bang bang shrimp or a New Orleans style shrimp and have that as an appetizer and as a garnish. Cheese, right? Like we're talking like blocks of cheese. So don't go getting the blue cheese or like, unless you're going to put the blue cheese in an olive, that'd be good. Don't get a brie. You know, like go get like, you know, block cheese. We're talking like Colby Jack, Marble Jack. You're going to want uh Cheddar, you know, stuff that you're going to then cut into one and a half inch or two inch cubes. Yep. Because you're going to want some size to it. Otherwise, it's just going to break apart when you put it through the bamboo skewer or vice versa, I should say. Then that block of cheese, a little chunk of cheese, it makes a great stopper too. So if you got something that might slide down that bamboo skewer, like a, I don't know, like a little burger slider, a little mini <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> that hunk of cheese does a nice job of keeping it where it's supposed to be. Holy smokes. And then 
Speaking of cheese, there's this stuff called mozzarella cheese whips or cheese ropes. They look, it looks like a, like a bag of Medusa hair and it's mozzarella cheese. That's pretty cool on a Bloody Mary. Wow. Bacon, you can do bacon. Uh, I think the bacon gets a little soggy and weird. So I don't like putting bacon in my Bloody Mary. I do like eating the bacon and you can try to skewer it if it's not too crispy or chop that up. And like I said, make salt with it. Your imagination is at work here. So anything you want to put on that skewer, you can, if it fits. Obviously, if you're going to put a whole chicken on there, you're going to need more than one skewer and probably a bigger glass. So that is my program. Wow. I am actually at a loss for words. You are... The Bloody Mary man. Holy smokes. I don't trust that anybody else but you. a song. <laughs> yeah. Bloody Mary man. Okay. I'm just well, a man. Okay. Mine isn't going to be as crazy as yours, which coming from me sounds wrong. I know. <laughs> but with all of what you have said, I'm going to dial it down a bit and do something that I like to do that is not a Bloody Mary. Mezcal. No, you could actually, you could. <laughs> oh yeah, you could. Totally you could. Yep. I'm going to make a michelada because yes. I loved these way before I loved a Bloody Mary. I just think that kind mm-hmm. of better. It's personal. personal. I just love the beer in there. But hey, yeah. you have your snit. So I, I can see how there's both. So if you want to take it to a uh, easier level. Which is so weird. This is so weird coming from me, Brad. Let's try the Michelada. Now, Michelada, I'm kind of going down a traditional route. There's a lot of people out there who are experts on the Michelada. So this is just my version. Take it or leave it. But here's what you're going to need for my Michelada, okay? First and foremost, our main ingredient is going to be our beer. Now, it has to be a Mexican beer. I'm talking Tecate, Modelo, Dos Equis, whichever you yeah. want has to be Mexican beer. And also Mexican beer is just far superior in my opinion. So from from there, you're going to want limes. You're going to want tomato juice. Uh, The V8's great, Brad. Clamato, also great. I do think it is a bit heavy. I don't use much in my michelada. So don't don't feel like you have to do anything crazy. Tabasco, Worcestershire sauce. Cholula, a little cayenne pepper, black pepper. I like to use a little celery salt. And then this is where it, it becomes optional and not traditional. I like to add just a little bit of tequila in there because if we're going to do it, we're going to do it, right? Yeah, And come Brad, on. this is where you could add a little bit of that mezcal if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Bring all the friends. Bring, Bring all the friends. On. And then to rim our glass, we're going to do chamoy and tahini. I think it also looks fantastic, but tastes amazing. What is chamoy? Chamoy is that red... Almost like a sauce that you put to rim your glass. God, how do, how can I how can I explain it? It's almost like a tamarindo paste. It's like a okay. condiment of like chilies. Yep. You know what I mean? I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. And it and that with Thanks. the tahini, it's like a little sweet but also spicy. It's fantastic. Oh my God, it sounds so good. I'm actually salivating. <laughs> I know they have these candies, and I think they're a tamarindo like straw candy, and you can put that in your michelada as well. Those are fantastic. So those are like the the actual ingredients. And then the tools, I'm making this easy. We're building it in our glass. We're going to need a pint glass, mixing spoon, and a jigger. And that's it. I hate to say it, Brad, but mine's a lot easier than yours. And that is rare. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, again, Bloody Marys can be as hard as you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you've you've got it covered. I'm excited to learn from the Bloody Mary King how to make it. <laughs> like this. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to how we make it, huh? Shouldn't we do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. If we all can't be at your home kitchen this weekend, Uncle Brad, at least tell us how we too can have a Brad's Bloody Mary from the Bloody Mary King. (laughs) Well, uh, let me tell you. And again, hey, look, if you've got a favorite Bloody Mary mix, there's no shame in the game of going out and getting your favorite Bloody Mary mix. It's okay. I think the Bloody Mary is one of those times where it's okay. We don't judge ever. Yeah. Listen, my favorite is Zing Zang. I love that stuff, right? But if you want to make it- Okay, maybe I'm judging a bit. Okay. (laughs) It's so good. It's just salty. I get it. Here's here's how it goes, right? So I'm not going to go into how to make the tomato juice. It's just a lot. So- Mm -hmm. Google it, all right? Yeah, and we'll put it on our website. We'll put it on the website. Yeah, we'll put it on the website. Yeah, exactly. So here's how we're going to make the mix, though, okay? So this serves four, and in your blender, you're going to take your tomato juice. So whether that's the juice that you made or it's the juice that you bought. And V8 vegetable juice works great. Not sponsored. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're not sponsored. They just do a really good job. And otherwise, go get some organic stuff you want to get. Great. So go get your tomato juice. Then you're going to take, your lemons are juiced, your limes are juiced. You're going to take two tablespoons of lemon juice and add that to the blender. Sorry, there's a blender involved here. You're going to add, obviously, your tomato juice hopefully is in the blender. Otherwise, it's all over your countertop. And you literally <laughs> listen to this too literally. So, <laughs> so then you're going to take your lime juice, two tablespoons of lime juice, and add that to the blender. And then you're going to take a tablespoon of Worcestershire wish sauce. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the dark stuff. So you're going to put a tablespoon of that in there. And then you're going to take two teaspoons of prepared horseradish. And you're going to add that in. And then you're going to take a quarter cup of pickle juice. And you're going mm-hmm. to add that. And then you're going to add a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, a half a teaspoon of celery salt, and a half a teaspoon of coarse black pepper. Mm-hmm. You're going to put the cover on the blender, hopefully. Otherwise, you're in for a surprise because then you're going to blend it until it's smooth. All right. So we got it all smooth now and it's been blended up. Now you're going to take that concoction. You can put the blender container into the fridge if you want. I personally would use one of those crafts and go to Target, get my $7 craft. You could probably have it here tomorrow if you order it online now. Yeah. And place that in the fridge for two hours. Or if you want to make it the night before because you have an early morning, great. Just throw it in the fridge. You can stay there overnight. No problem. Okay. Our mix has been prepared and now we're ready to rock and roll. Again, the ideal mixture here ratio is three to one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my shaker and in the big side, I'm going to add two ounces of Bloody Mary. I'm sorry, two ounces of vodka, two ounces of vodka. Ooh, take it easy. (laughs) And then I'm going to add six ounces of Bloody Mary mix. Mm-hmm. While I'm doing this, I might as well grab my Collins glass. I like, a, I like a Bloody Mary in a Collins glass just because the pint glass gets to be a bit too big for that six to one or that mm-hmm. three to one ratio. All right. I take my Collins glass and I grab a lime wedge and I rim that glass with salt. And then I've got celery salt or kosher salt or bacon salt on a plate. And I 
dab the glass and rim the glass with the salt, okay? Then I take that glass, fill it only halfway up with ice, only halfway, because we want to judge how much volume we have here. I don't know how big your Collins glass is. Mm-hmm. And since we got ice out, we're going to go back to our shaker. We're going to put ice in the small side of the shaker tin, okay? So we've got our Bloody Mary mix and vodka in one side, ice in the other, smack them together, give it a good shake for 20 seconds, get it all incorporated and happy, take a shaker apart, put the Hawthorne strainer on the big side. Hopefully the contents are in that side as well. And you're going to strain that Bloody Mary into the Collins glass. And then you're going to take your skewer of whatever it is that you're going to use. And you're going to put that in the Collins glass. And then if you have room, you're going to add ice and just fill it up to the top with ice. So our Bloody Mary is prepared. Now we've got to make our snit. So you're going to get your lowball glass and you're going to put that off to the side and you're going to pour your beer three to five ounces into that lowball glass. The snit is an important thing here. It's just, (laughs) you got to have that little beer with your Bloody Mary. And hopefully you're drinking with a friend because you just take the other half of that beer and you pour it in their glass. Mm -hmm. So boom, there you go. Bloody Mary. Hello, snit. Nice. Hello, snit. Nice. Yeah. What a perfect hangover cure too. Jeez. You got everything you need right there. Totally. There are health benefits to the Bloody Mary. I bet. Yeah. No, there's vitamins in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vitamins and minerals. I know my grandfather loved drinking V8. He said it was healthy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Turns out it is. All right. Turns out it is. All right. Michelada time? Yes. All right. Easy, you guys. Super easy. We're building it in a glass, okay? What you're going to want to add first is your ice. And I would do it about halfway because I like to top with more ice rather than have too much ice. Then you can't fill it up all the way. So about halfway, just to like chill your ingredients, we're going to squeeze half of a lime right in there. We're going to add in our tomato juice. We're going to add in our hot sauces. So one to two dashes of Tabasco and about a dash of Cholula. You can add more. You can add less. Really, the journey is up to you. Then you're going to add in about one to two dashes of that Worcestershire sauce. And then from there, I like to add in about two ounces of tomato juice. Again, whatever tomato juice you feel is right for you, put that in there. And then from here, a little pinch of cayenne pepper. That is optional. I know some people don't like it as spicy, but I I, I like it. I think it gives it a nice kick with everything else. Pinch of black pepper, pinch of that celery salt. Add in about an ounce. If you add a little more, if you add a little less, hey, I don't judge of tequila. And then from there, I top with the beer. And the one thing I did forget at the beginning of this is you're going to want to rim your glass first. I always forget to say that just because there's so many stuff. You get excited. Yeah. Yeah. But rim your glass first with that chamoy. You can buy the chamoy at a grocery store. I mean, they're really all over in the Mexican aisle of the grocery store. Go to a Mexican market. They have them there. Rim your glass with chamoy, that sauce, and then the tahini. And then we're going to build, like I just said. And then we're going to top with the beer. Now, I will tell you a fun little tip for pouring your beer. If you use your mixing spoon and you put it in the middle and you slowly start to pour your beer down the long mixing spoon spine, if you will, the twirly, it should have the twirlies. That'll help so it doesn't overflow with the carbonated bubbles. If you pour too fast, it bubbles up. If you Mm -hmm. pour it that way, slowly and gently, it won't bubble over. So that's a fun tip when you're pouring your beer in there so you don't overfill it or overflow. 
Yeah. But yeah. And then I drink it as I go. So I'll mix it. And if I don't use the whole beer, as I sip it down, I'll pour more beer in there and truly just enjoy the experience there because it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the experience. Just sit back and relax. Yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, going back to that beer trick. So the thing about beer and tomato juice or whatever, something goes on, it, like it gets volcanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not paying attention. So slow is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Eruptive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know we're all going to get excited. But yeah, so that's that's my michelada. It really is easy. You can't really mess it up. Like Brad said, make it how you like it. You can add things that you think you might, you can omit the tequila if you don't think tequila is going to be good in there. Really, it's kind of a fun, foolproof breakfast cocktail. And you can garnish it how you like it. You could add some funsies in there like Brad did, or you can just do a simple little lime wheel. But yeah, either journey that you're going to go on, the Bloody Mary or the Michelada, I think you're going to have a good time with. They're they're pretty delicious. For Sheezy. Now, is there a history about the Bloody Mary? There is. Yeah. Well. Should we talk about it? I think we should. I'm interested. I want to know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right. Now that we have our bloodies and or micheladas and maybe even a rotisserie chicken in our midst, let's get (laughs) to the history of this cocktail because it is a beloved cocktail and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be drinking it for Super Bowl Sunday. So let's learn about why. Yeah, well, here's the deal. The history is, it's kind of short, but we we still got to talk about this snit thing. So we'll talk about- Oh, yeah. So we'll talk about the backstory on the Bloody Mary, like, you know, where it originated. So they say, I mean, you might be surprised to hear that there's a couple of different stories. (laughs) And we'll also talk about maybe the origins of the name. That'll be quick. But we've got to get into this snit Mm -hmm. thing, too. So let's get started. All right, Jules. There are three and change kind of stories, one of which is really plausible and I think is believed by most historians. And I also believe this one too. But let's start with origin story number one and number two. Okay. So we are at New York's 21 Club right now, and it's the 1930s. And there's a man named Henry Zibkowitz. Zibowitz? There are a lot of (laughs) I's and E's and a couple of Z's in this last name. So I'm sorry to my Polish ancestors. I butchered that, but it's Zibowitz. Okay. I think it's, yeah. All that right. sounds right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Moving on. <laughs> All right, Henry. He was said to have been mixing vodka with tomato juice in the early 30s. He liked to serve this and boom, 
I guess that's the Bloody Mary. Huh. That story's a little thin. A little me, thin. Right? Yeah. 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 Wasn't even called the Bloody Mary, I think, at the time. So then we've got this guy. Again, we're back at the 21 Club here in New Ooh, York. Okay. And okay. this guy is named George Jessel. And this one's got a little bit more meat in the bones, but not quite as much as the third story. Well, George is a patron of the 21 Club, but also a famous comedian from the 1920s and 30s. And George was in the 21 Club one day, nursing a hangover. He hadn't gone to bed yet, apparently. We've all been there. <laughs> so he's reaching for, yeah, no kidding, right? Oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> was reaching for stuff to help him get over his hangover. He grabbed some tomato juice and he grabbed some vodka, mixed them together half and half. And when socialite Mary Brown Warbutton, War, Warbutton, mm-hmm. R-W-A-R-B-U-T-O-N. She walked into the 21 Club again in the morning. Also apparently didn't go to bed. She was wearing her white gown from the night before. George handed her the drink and spilled it on her dress. And she said, well, now, George, you can just call me Bloody Mary. She probably said it like that, too, because it was, you know, like the 30s. (laughs) They all talk like this. (laughs) Yeah. Say, what's that on your dress? Is that blood? No, it's tomato juice. Anyways, I'm sorry. Wow. You know, I kind of like that one. That makes sense. Yeah. Hey, Mary, you look a little bloody. I got some tomato juice on you. <laughs> You're giving Jim Carrey right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Alrighty then. <laughs> that's okay. That's George's story. Let's move on to three, right? Because that story is kind of like, okay, yeah, it's not that exciting. I mean, it's exciting, but it's not, right? I don't know. Did we get excited? I don't think we got excited. I got excited just doing the accents. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1921. We are at Harry's New York Bar in Paris. Stop it. Yeah. We are not back here. Wow. They got shit going on at Harry's. They (laughs) know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah. But this time, it's not Harry that invented the drink. It is Fernand Petois. Mm -hmm. Petois, P-E-T-I-O-D. And he went by the nickname of Pete. (laughs) Pete. And he really did. Yeah, yeah you know, it's kind it of short. a place they gave nicknames. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Aries. <laughs> I am from Nine Betois, your bartender. Hey, now, wait a second, pal. What are you trying to do here? That ain't so easy to say. You need a nickname. Hey, boys, how about we call him Pete? Pete it is. <laughs> okay, fine. You can call me Pete. So here's the, here's the deal. Prior to this, you know, so the 1920, all right, so we talked about 21. Mm-hmm. Stop. We're going to go back a year. 1920, people are fleeing Russia due to the Russian Revolution. And they're bringing their vodka with them. And vodka was kind of an unknown thing. Actually, it was really an unknown thing in Europe and certainly in America. This spirit lands in Harry's and Pete here is playing with it. Well, people are fleeing Russia because of the Russian Revolution. People are fleeing America because of prohibition, although probably not for the same reasons. They're just like, they're leaving because <laughs> they want to go get a mm-hmm. drink. I don't know. So they're coming to the New York bar in Paris. And you know what they're bringing with them, Jules? They're bringing tomato juice cocktail, hmm. which is an affront, yeah. in my opinion, to, to the American drinking establishment. Like, we're like, oh, okay, so we're going to call it cocktail, and suddenly that's like, what's supposed to make me feel better because there's no alcohol. Right. There, right. They're bringing cans of tomato juice with them, calling it tomato juice cocktail. Mm-hmm. And so Pete's back there saying, hey, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to play around with this, mix in some magical herbs and spices. I'm sorry, it's not KFC. <laughs> he mixed in some spices and some Worcestershire mm-hmm. sauce. And lo and behold, 
this drink was born, but it wasn't called the Bloody Mary. They think it was called the Bucket of Blood mm-hmm. or possibly the Red Snapper. And another version of this story, same, same kind of mix of things happening, but Pete came up with the concoction for one Ernest Hemingway, who was at the bar, to help him hide his vodka oh. breath from his wife. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, you got to hide that. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes vodka breath, <laughs> yeah. right? especially a disgruntled spouse. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the backstory on the origination of the drink. I like the backstory on Pete because it just makes more yeah. sense, right? Like you had vodka coming out of Russia, you've got tomato juice coming out of America. They're like, boom, these two things come together. It feels like it predated mm-hmm. the uh, 21 Club. Although there is a quote in, I think it's the New York Times magazine where he says like, I initiated this drink. Like I invented this thing. George just basically mixed tomato juice and vodka together. I made that thing with spices and all kinds of love. So I can kind of see his point, yeah. I can see yeah. his point. Pete, I'm feeling you, Pete. Petois. Petois. Let's talk about the origin of the name. So we heard Bucket of Blood was one name. We've heard Bloody Mary because there was actually a Bucket of Blood saloon. No relationship to it being called the Bucket of Blood in Paris. Mm. Yeah, so there's this Bucket of Blood saloon in Chicago, and there was a waitress there named Mary. Apparently, it might have been named after her. Probably not. Hmm. They say, you know, it could have been George's buddy, right? Mary Brown, Warbutton, Warbutton, whatever. So it could have been her. And then the the big one is it was named after Queen Mary I. Queen Mm. Mary I was a total Mm -hmm. badass. She reclaimed her right to the throne. So she was the daughter of... Henry VIII, and Henry VIII got usurped. Her right to the throne was taken away, although Henry VIII did say that, I think it was his nephew that was coming to become king, and it was kind of written in that the crown would pass to Mary, Mm -hmm. and this guy tried to not obey that command when he was starting to pass the crown on and give it to somebody else, and she's like, Bullshit. Wow. It's giving House of Dragons right now. It's giving Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Red Queen comes rolling into town and she messed some things up. Like she was killing Protestants and executing them by burning them at the stake. And she's like, this crown is mine. I am the rightful heir to that uh, to that throne. Yeah. And so she she was kind of a, she was kind of a badass. But then she went crazy and went a little overboard. I'm well, killing people. You know. So they say that the tomato juice represents the bloodshed mm-hmm. and the vodka is for her fiery disposition and people bring at the stake. <laughs> now, listen, nobody should be like, oh, they, you know, deserved it. And by by all, I'm not advocating that we burn people at the stake, but I am gonna say these are the same, you know, these Puritans, these are the same ones, right? These, these are the ones that wanted to cancel right. Christmas, right? And they're burning witches right. at the stake. Maybe that's where they got yeah. the idea. I don't know. That's pretty macabre. So we'll move on. All right. So let's talk about the snit. All right. Yeah. Let's get onto the important things here. Okay. What is with yeah. the snit? Not a big story, but it is a very big source of pride for uh, one Brad yeah. Sutton from Minnesota. Here's the deal the snit. So back in the 50s, vodka was pretty hard to come by because of supply chain issues. Possibly there is this Cold War thing going on. Nobody wanted to be labeled a commie. I don't know. But vodka was not as prevalent as it once was. And Minnesotans, loving their Bloody Marys, said, hey, you know what we're going to do? Instead of using vodka, we're going to use beer. Mm. Hello, Michelada. You know, that's your friend up here in Minnesota, your northern blander (laughs) friend. 
So they would make their Bloody Marys with beer. But the problem is, is that beer comes in cans, like, you know, 10 to 12 right. ounces. And you can't use a whole can of beer with Bloody Mary mix because that doesn't taste right. doesn't taste good. So they'd use half the can, leaving three to five ounces mm -hmm. left. And so what would any good thrifty bartender do? They would just pour the rest of that beer into a little shot glass next to your beer, and they would serve you your snit. Now, I got to tell you a funny story about the snit. So when I moved to California, then girlfriend, now mm -hmm. wife, Amy, we're living in Palo Alto. Nice. Technically Menlo Park. We're off of Willow wow. Road in Menlo Park, and we would walk into Palo Alto, right, for breakfast. And what was great about living in California is football would start at 10 a.m. Right. So we would get up, we'd go to Palo Alto to watch the Minnesota Vikings play whoever, roll into that place just before 10, and I would order a Bloody Mary. In fact, the bar's name is no longer around. It's called Moe's. It then turned into something called the Old Pro that recently closed down as well. So sad days, that place is gone. But Moe's was where I would go and we would have our brunch and we would have our Bloody Marys. And so the waitress comes up to me or the bartender comes up to me and says, hey, what do you want to drink? And I'm like, I'll take a Bloody Mary. She makes me a Bloody Mary. She comes back, puts the Bloody Mary down. I said, where's the snit? Now, I'm from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you don't, like this was only a Midwestern right. thing, right? Yeah, I've never heard of it. So she's like, what's a snit? And I tell her a snit's a little beer that comes like a beer in like a little lowball glass. And so she goes back, gets me a snit, gives it to me with my Bloody Mary. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Didn't even charge me extra, which you don't get charged extra for the snit. Right, you right, shouldn't, right. Right, that's a free, that's a bonus beer. Right. <laughs> so anyways, we come back next day and instead of having Bloody Marys, it's after five o'clock and she's bartending again. Her name's Jillian. I say, I'll take a martini. She comes back, gives me a martini and puts a snit next to my martini. Well, <laughs> So every drink I ever ordered from then on at that place, she gave me perfect. a snit, which I was like, I kind of like this tradition. Yep, yeah, yep. That's the snit. And if you're not familiar with it, anytime you come to Minnesota or you're in Wisconsin and you find yourself ordering a Bloody Mary, if they don't give you a little beer with it, you say, hey, where's my snit? Because they're jipping yeah. you. Yeah, be a snitch and ask for the snit. Snit. <laughs> snit. Snit. Yes. Snitch them and that's, snip them. You don't get that snit. That's, I think that's snitty. Wow. Okay. Well, cool. Let's move on to the tips. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I like it. I'm, huh? I'm going to, you know what? Guess what? I'm from California. And next time I get a Bloody Mary and I don't get a snit, I'm going to ask. I'm going to say something. Hey, where's my snit? Where's my snit? Gonna be, What's a snit? Be like, well, I'm from Minnesota. We get snits. Yes. If, she, if you say you're from San Diego, she's going to be like, yeah, no, we don't get snits. Yeah, Sorry. no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, yeah. <laughs> Technically, you know, my dad's from Minnesota, so I'm from Minnesota. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. All right, let's okay. tip it out. All right, everybody. It's time to tip your bartender. Ooh, good one. I know, I know. Maybe I'm gonna start using that. Okay, I have a really, really good tip for today. And I think that this is going to help a lot of people out. Now, for the professionals out there, I'm not talking to home bartenders. You might hate me for this one, but for us home bartenders, thank me later. So tip of the day, batching cocktails. And how do I batch cocktails? Why is it so hard? Let me give you your tip. You ready? Convert your ounces into cups. Boom, tip over. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, once I started doing this, I got a lot of requests during the holidays for batching cocktails. Mm -hmm. 
And I really just started to take, if it were a half ounce, it's a half cup. If it were two ounces, it's two cups. I mean, it. once you see it like that, it's like you can stop pulling out your calculator. You can stop your kitchen scale. It's really not that hard to batch it. So convert your ounces into cups is the best way to do that. Now, I will say this tip works best for spirit forward cocktails, old fashioned, martinis, Manhattan. Those are the easiest Why? Because you're using spirits. You're not using fresh ingredients like citrus that can go bitter after a while. So my other good tip is if you're batching, try to batch one of those spirit-forward cocktails. A freezer drawer martini is fantastic for something like this. The other thing I will say when batching cocktails is to try to avoid egg white cocktails and dairy cocktails. They they can spoil, they're hard to use, it gets confusing. Best to avoid those unless you're using dairy for something like a batched clarified drink. That's a different discussion for another time. One of the things I will also add to this is timing. So like I said, if you're doing a spirit forward batch, that's great. You can batch it ahead of time. If you're adding no fresh ingredients, put it in your freezer, set it and forget it and bring it out when you want it. Now, if you're using something like fresh citrus juice, Now, that is not something you can hang on to for a couple days. That's something you're going to want to hang on to for a couple of hours because after a while, once it sits, like I said before, the flavor is going to turn. It's going to get a little bit bitter. So just be mindful of when you're making your batched cocktails. If you have a party later in the day, maybe make it in the early afternoon or I would go so far as making it in the morning, put it in the fridge. It's going to be fine, but don't let it sit out for 24 hours and you'll get into some trouble. Oh, another good tip with batching cocktails. You have a cocktail that uses bubbles. No worries. You're going to batch that cocktail without the bubbles, and then you're just going to have an added step at the end. So what you're going to do is you're going to make your batched cocktail without the bubbles. When you serve your individual glasses, that is when you will add your bubbles. It could be Prosecco. It could be soda water. It could be whatever it is. Add those bubbles in individually to each glass last. Now, there are a lot of people, professionals, that are going to ask about dilution in batching cocktails. This is where it can get a little bit tricky. If you're the home bartender, you want a quick tip. I've never had an issue when you add ice to your pitcher and you let it mellow out for a little bit. When you pour that into a glass filled with ice, you're going to get that dilution. Now, if you want to be pretty legit, there are some ways that you can have dilution. My trick is... In a cocktail where you're using less than two ounces or so per drink for alcohol, I add about a quarter cup of water. But if you're using more alcohol, then I I bump it up a little bit more. I don't know about you, Brad. I find the dilution pretty difficult. You're really pulling out your calculator at that point. And and for me, I just add it to that pitcher and, and let it mellow out for a little bit and mix it with a mixing spoon to get some dilution. I haven't had too big of a problem. Do you have any tips there? Yeah. So you're talking about obviously not a quarter cup to a two ounce drink, but a quarter cup overall to the Correct. entire batch. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to dilution, a couple, a couple of things I'd say here. So the first thing on dilution is if I can wait mm-hmm. to dilute, I will. Yeah. So I'll batch it up and then it's something I shake or if it's something I pour in a glass and then I'll add my ice. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. The other thing is, when you are batching cocktails, especially with cocktails that use bitters, simple syrups, 
something changes after the like you batch more than five at once. I I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's it's weird. It's like it's just it's not a straight one to one. Like all of a sudden, like you've got to play around with the simple syrup a little bit because like the flavors get stronger. Right. When I have batch cocktails in the past, I kind of make them in like five drink batches. Yeah. Now, obviously, punch recipes, all that stuff, those things are made to be the size they are. So you don't have to worry about that. In fact, I think we even talked a little bit about this in the Fish House Punch episode. When you batch with citrus, like you said, that's not a long-term thing. Although I did make Fish House Punch, which used citrus. Mm -hmm. And it still tasted all right. Did it taste different than when I first made it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you drink it? Is it passable? Absolutely. Right. So like if you're rolling, the party's going, you're like, oh, hey, I got this stuff I batched up a couple of days ago. Let's pull that out. And now we don't care. Right. <laughs> okay. So. Right. And then the last thing is with egg white cocktails. Oh my gosh, totally. I yeah, That doesn't work. No. Batching. But eggnogs, whole eggs, depends upon the proof. True. Right. right. If it's a heavy hitting mofo in that Son glass, <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got some time. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, go ahead and throw that on the shelf for a couple of weeks and try it. Right. I know people that have Mm -hmm. and not died, but it's not like you got to consume it all in one day. Yeah. But honestly, I think the best tip there and and try it for yourself. Also, taste as you go. I will say to to Brad's point, when it comes to the bitters and maybe even so far as the syrup, you can always add more. You can never take away. So so start small and taste as you go. But yeah, I think those ounces to cups is, is really what is crucial. And I think that it's a great oh, totally. guide. It's a great guide because obviously some things are are going to be less or more. But overall, if you want to just use that as your generic basic guide, that is the way to do it. And at the end of the day, yeah. with all of these cocktails that we're making, you're the one drinking them. So make yep. them how you like it. Yeah. My favorite aha moment bartending was like, oh, eight ounces is one cup. Sweet. That's four drinks. Right. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tip of the day. Tip of the morning. Good one. To ya. <laughs> Tip of the morning to you there. there you go. Mary. Have a bloody I don't Mary. Know why I went Irish right there. Why did I go Irish? That's weird. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjewels or Cigars and Vino, that's me, also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.